Fantasy Baseball today. It is Kokomo Friday. It is Casual Friday. It is Holiday Friday. Oh, it's a good day. We are going to talk about some Fantasy Baseball. Get you ready for... You might even say it's Good Friday. It is. It should be a great Friday. Happy Good Friday, everybody. Happy Passover. You're celebrating the holiday. Have a wonderful, wonderful holiday and a great weekend. And uh, let's uh, let's tell you how to win some Fantasy Baseball. We're going to tell you who to add, who to drop, two start pitchers for next week. Um... I want Heath to tell his coffee story. Heath, are you ready to tell your, your story? I can tell it. It's not going to be as funny now. It was two days ago. <laughs> I know. You a little story, Heath? I thought about I that. I never want to tell my story. It's, it was such a good story. Scott, have you heard the story? I haven't heard the story. Okay, it's fantastic. Good. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll, we'll get to that. Scott, I just want you to know, I was in the, uh, the office in Fort Lauderdale each of the last two days. I'm back in New York now. I want you to know, I forgot to tell you that I sat at your desk. And I want to know if that if you feel like kind of violated because I wouldn't be happy if someone sat at my desk. Well, no, because everything I I I saw the desk Wednesday and everything was in in order. You didn't move things around, so that it it only bothers me when I show up to my desk and everything's kind of disheveled and it's like, what came through here? I don't, Hurricane Adam wasn't so bad. <laughs> okay. I should have taken something from Scott's desk, hid it. And then Scott would have been looking for it, and Adam would have been the person to sit at his desk. That would have been perfect. I screwed up. My yeah. bad. Le- lessons yeah. learned for next time. I did change the channel on the TV, though. Uh, all right. Who is your favorite? Who Who is your so. favorite uh, two-start pitcher for Fantasy Week 5 that is owned in less than 70% of leagues, or 70% of leagues or, or, or less, I guess I should say? If we're looking ahead, who is – we'll do two-star pitchers later in the show at the end of the show like we usually do. Who's the best one to pick up off waivers? I'll throw it to you first, Scott. Uh, so I'm pulling up the list now. I think it may be – I think it may be Luke Weaver. Luke you Weaver. hate Luke Weaver. Scott hates Luke Weaver. We got an email about how you hate Luke Weaver, so I was just uh, interrupting to, to yell at you for hating Luke Weaver. I don't hate Luke Weaver. You hate Luke Weaver, what? Scott. Okay. Uh, well, I don't as a two-star pitcher for next week. We can all agree. One, one of the starts being Pittsburgh, which is a good matchup. The other, the Cubs, which is sometimes a good matchup. <laughs> um, but yeah, his last two starts, he's looked really good. 16 swinging strikes yesterday, eight or seven on the changeup. Um, 17 strikeouts between the last two starts. So he's, you know, it's not for sure that he's back. But um, that that's very encouraging, and he's he would be uh, he would be somebody worth adding, even if it was just one start potentially. Kreeth, you got your eyes on any two star pitchers for next week? I I am interested in Lance Lynn for this upcoming week. He's been better this year than he was last year so far, at the very least, and. He's at Oakland and then at Seattle. Uh, Seattle should be a pretty tough matchup, but it's not a terrible place to pitch. He's just he's got two good parks that he's pitching in. The matchups aren't super great, but I think he can be useful at the very least in a head-to-head points league. Yeah, mine was definitely going to be Luke Weaver because I actually like Luke Weaver, and I think I I started in this week in a one-start week. I think he's. Someone that's not necessarily must start, but someone you can absolutely start even if he doesn't have two starts. You definitely start him when he has two. Okay, and I just want to say I'm sure Chris likes Luke Weaver better than Lance Lynn. Chris wanted to give us a different name. Lance Lynn is only 23% owned, so that's someone you can look at. I think, you know, there there, there are not. He didn't go with the stallion. He didn't go with the stallion. You could have gone with the stallion, Chris. Uh, he's got a he's got one tough matchup among the two, and we're and gonna have a whole matchup. segment about this later. About the Stallions? Uh, well, probably, but also just about two-star pitchers. It's and, true. Uh, you know. Save some ammo for later. Yeah. Right. You want to give someone I under the radar for your favorite. I want to I leave some arrows in the quiver, Heath. Arrows in the quiver. didn't scroll far enough. Okay. No, he's, he's, <laughs> uh, he's above Lance Lynn, actually, 
<laughs> sir. I saw him no, at well, Philadelphia. Was the thing that pushed me away from him. Uh, it depends how you sort it, I guess. What's a worse matchup, at Philadelphia or at Seattle? I think at Philadelphia for sure. Uh, I don't buy that Seattle is this elite offense because they've had a good three weeks collectively. Uh, Philadelphia has much more talent, and it's a much better place to hit. But they don't have fantasy-irrelevant player Udubel Herrera. I'm glad we don't have to argue about him anymore. He is on the injured list. All right, so we go like into anymore. The... He's going to come back. <laughs> yeah, but then, but but by that point, well, we, you know, so we just won't be arguing about him anymore. Um, all right, so let's go to the standouts. And the first standout was going to be well, the two pitchers in the Diamondbacks Braves game, Mike Soroka and Luke Weaver, both are owned in less than fifty percent of leagues. Soroka's forty-one percent owned, Weaver's forty-eight percent owned. Scott alluded to it that Weaver's now had two good starts in a row. Um, against San Diego and at Atlanta, and he is a two-star pitcher. Soroka, if he stays in the rotation, he's lined up to make one start at Cincinnati. Is he staying in the rotation? And encouraging start, five innings, four hits, one run, two walks, six strikeouts against Arizona, and he gets a no decision. Um, all right, who would you rather have? I think it's an easy question because of job security, but Soroka versus Weaver. It's Weaver, right? I, we're yes. getting over our skis on Luke Weaver right now, I feel like. Well, I'm just asking to compare him to Soroka. What, two but... good starts? I haven't really moved him all year. He's top 50 starting pitcher, but not in my top 40. That's just where I had him. I just yeah. All I said is it was encouraging and he's worth picking up. Same. I don't know that that's getting over his skis. <laughs> I'd rather have him than Soroka. Are you not? Are you ignoring him, Chris? No, I just, like, he said he's a must-start in a two-start week. Yeah. Yeah, well, I he's, don't agree he's with been that. high. He's been the high guy on Weaver all along, so that's that's something that sounds like it sounds like something he would say. I think if Mike Soroka had a rotation spot, based on what he showed yesterday, there are some really really encouraging signs, and it's not just in the results. His velocity was up, and he pretty much doubled his changeup and slider usage yesterday from what he did in 2018, and as we've seen across baseball. That's usually a good thing. Uh, his velocity was up to 94.1 miles per hour on average, 92.6 last year. So really encouraging signs from him. Here's what I liked seeing from him. He got 13 swinging strikes, two on the two-seamer, four on the four-seamer, five on the slider, two on the changeup. When a guy is able to spread his swinging strikes among that many pitches, I feel like it, 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 says, it, it shows how good the arsenal is. And he's 21 years old. Um, uh, his, the fact that he has that many pitches is a big reason, reason why he's been such a highly regarded prospect for so long. Uh, I say so long, even though he's 21 years old and the fact that the Braves haven't sent him down yet. I mean, they could have sent him down right after this start, uh, cause it's not clear that Mike fulton won't be ready to take that next turn. Uh, maybe they'll send him down this morning, but it, it kind of signals to me that they're waiting to see how Tuki Toussaint's start goes today and then maybe sending the worst of those two down. It's a tough call, though. I mean, do you do you add do you add uh, Mike Soroka, knowing that you could be wasting a roster spot on somebody who's about to get sent down? You know? Would you rather have Frankie Montas, yesterday's standout, or, or Mike Soroka? Well, as the non-Montas believer, I would say Soroka. But yeah, you're only picking him up it, it, with the idea that it's it's a roster spot to play with, and you may be dropping him in a couple days, but sometimes that's sometimes that makes sense if when you're pursuing upside. Okay, all right. Who else stood out yesterday? Creeth, Heath in particular. Tell me who stood out to you in Thursday's games. Uh, Ryan McMahon's back and got three hits and hit two home runs. I think uh, that stood out more than anything to me. He is someone that has the ability to be a top. 12 second baseman and top 20 first baseman and one of the reasons is because of course field and he took advantage of it yesterday and he only has played two home games this year ryan mcmahon and his numbers look a lot better um guess how owned ryan mcmahon is 62 percent yes yes he is yeah that was uh that not a lot of suspense (laughs) well that it, it depends where you're playing i mean we usually address the CBS ownership percentages, but this is something I got into on Twitter last night. Is 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 just uh, how how um, you know how different it is on, across various sites. He's only like ten percent owned in ESPN leagues. He's only like twenty five percent owned in Yahoo leagues. And I feel like 
I feel like there's even better, more upside than than what Heath was giving him credit for. I, I feel like he could be a total stud. Obviously, you know, the probability of that happening is lower than it not happening, but it, it could happen. And when we were talking about that kind of upside, what he showed this spring, what he showed in the minors, the fact he's playing at Coors Field, I, I think you take a shot on that sort of player. Um even in the shallow, and even in the shallowest leagues, I mean, in, in some of those other formats, he's probably going to be triple eligible, and and in, on our site, he's soon going to have second base to go with first base. Uh, so there are a lot, there are going to be several places to use him. I, this is Ryan McMahon. We're talking about 62% owned double dong yesterday, one of three players who hit two home runs. I think when we talk about you know, what Scott just said in the shallow leagues, I think we need to get Chris doing his imitation of Bradley Cooper in that song "Shallow." Uh, I'm not sure if you want to break that out, but it was very funny when I heard it earlier. In the shallow, shallow, <laughs> in the shallow, yeah, and then he does the Lady Gaga. Stuff. Uh, yeah, nice, very good. That's uh, we love him, folks. Um, anyone? Uh, we we got a lot of time to talk about players on the show. What? What? You've been designated the sideshow. <laughs> we uh, love him. We love him, folks. We'll bring, He's great. We'll bring him back out later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys will get used to him. <laughs> Autographs after the show. Um, <laughs> I want to promote Spotify. We're on Spotify. Spotify is podcast now. And please, even if you don't want to listen to us on Spotify, just follow us on Spotify. Follow us this podcast because we need we, – we entered the Spotify game late. We need to push ourselves up in the ratings. So we need people listening and following us on Spotify. So please give it a listen there if you'd like. Um, all right. I was going to ask you for more standouts. Let's get one more. Who else from yesterday do we need to know about? Well, Chris never gave one. Yeah, Scott didn't it's really true. either. Yeah, it was just me. Yeah. <laughs> How about Homer Bailey? No. Yeah. No, I not Homer Bailey. I understand what's happening. But he's been kind of awesome this year. Sometimes I remember things that we talked about last year, and I remember doing this last year with Homer Bailey because he had like two really good starts in a row coming off the DL in July or something like that. I have it somewhere in my notes. And then he was just straight up awful after that. Um, yeah, so he had two starts in July, 14 and two-thirds, four runs, 14 strikeouts, 12% swinging strike rate, which is really good. And then he was awful after that. No, no, no. Never, never, never on Homer Bailey for me. Well, it sounds like someone's mad that his favorite team got dominated by Homer Bailey yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, that splitters he's... really looks good for him. Yeah, yeah. The the splitter's been awesome, and it it's something that he's used in the past, but not nearly as often as he has so far. Um, he's getting swinging strikes. The velocity's down, but I don't know if Homer Bailey's velocity was ever anything to get excited about. It's just, it's an interesting start. I don't know if it's much more than AL only relevant, but I don't think we should just ignore it. Okay. He's only 8% owned, which yeah, makes yeah. it easier, which probably means he's like 0.1% owned everywhere else. But probably he's be owned in a 15-team league, league or, or deeper. Yeah. Um, and just a fun fact, there were only two players in the Yankees lineup yesterday that have an OPS over 800. Aaron Judge and Clint Frazier? Aaron Judge and Clint Frazier. There you go. Uh, Homer Bailey, two starts next week at Tampa Bay and home against the Angels. Not bad. Not bad, but not for me. But I don't play in any 15-team. Oh, I play in a 16-team league. I guess I could see us. Yeah, I think if, yeah, like a 16-team, especially points, I think you definitely want to pick them up if it's like 14 or deeper points. Let's pick them up in the For the People League. Go ahead. Pick them up. Do it. I hope we're playing you next Are we actually going to start him? The two-star pitcher. (laughs) There you go. I feel a little nervous. There you go. Exactly. Uh, Like Homer Bailey for everyone else, not for me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go through the news and notes. Uh, Lucas Giolito's on the I.L. with a hamstring injury. Hyunjin Ryu is going to rejoin the Dodgers rotation tomorrow. And Julio Arias, coming off a brilliant start against the Brewers, uh, is going back to the bullpen. But they've said, Dave Roberts said, we see Arias as a starter. Scott, what should we do if we own Julio Arias? If it's the kind of league where you can stash like a prospect, the kind of league where um, if you owned Nick Pavetta, you wouldn't have dropped him. I think uh, I think you hold on to Arias, but otherwise I think you can let him go because it's not just it's not just he's about to get bumped for Hyunjin Ryu. Ross Stripling is about to get bumped for Rich Hill, 
And there will be an opportunity later, but you don't know how soon. It seems like Stripling's still ahead in the pecking order. They're obviously motivated to preserve Arias's innings. Um, so it's it it could be a while before we see him start again. And um, I don't know that you want to devote a precious roster spot to that in in like a, a standard head-to-head league where you're dealing with 21 roster spots. All right, Kyle Freeland left with a blister. Odubo Herrera is on the IL with a hamstring strain. Tanner Oark had a three-pitch inning at San Diego, which began with a leadoff hit or or hit by pitch or something. Leadoff batter got on, double play, fly out, three-pitch inning for Tanner Oark. Byron Buxton stole his fourth base, I believe, yesterday. He has now stolen 33 consecutive bases without getting caught, extending a Twins record, Byron Buxton. Justin Turner returner do that more. to the line. Yeah, he should run more. Um, Justin Turner, returner to the lineup, LOL. Mike Moustakas sat against a lefty. Sometimes it's Moose, sometimes it's Shaw. Gene Segura remains day-to-day. It looks like he'll avoid the IL, whereas Dustin Pedroia is on the IL, and that could be a long-term thing. Uh, I told you yesterday I picked up Eduardo Nunez in a Roto League. Oakland signed Chris Davis to a two-year extension. Fernando Tatis led off for the Padres. Joey Votto has led off three straight games for the Reds, and he homered yesterday, and we are going to talk about him today in our mailbag section. And according to graphics guy John DiMuzio, uh, for the show, um, Chris Towers jinked Zach, jinxed Zach Eflin last night <laughs> with a congratulatory tweet about how well he was pitching in Coors Field. And oh, it wasn't popped. even that. I, I tuned in in like the fifth inning and he hadn't given up a run and I just had the thought and, and I think it's an interesting discussion point, but I think we kind of assume that when a pitcher is on the road in Colorado and they pitch well, that means more than pitching well in any other circumstance. And I got to thinking yesterday, I don't know if that's true because Coors Field is so weird. I'm not sure that pitching well there, and, and Eflin ended up, I think, with a quality start. Um, he gave up a three-run home run like almost immediately after I tweeted that. So right. I think that's what John's referring yes, to. Yes, that is exactly what um, I'm referring to. But I'm kind of... I kind of think it makes more sense to just not even think about what happens in Coors Field for visiting pitchers, good or bad. Um, And actually, I feel a little good about that idea because former Braves pitcher Eric O'Flaherty jumped in on Twitter and confirmed that that place is like the uh, Twilight Zone. So I think think it's a a good point. Yeah, I remember looking at... Luke Weaver about the same point last night. I didn't see your tweet, which is really weird because I usually get notifications. But there's a little icon. I remember looking, and he was at five innings pitch, scoreless. And I thought, man, Zach Eflin's having a good start. Yeah, no, he, he, he had, had like, three walks and no strikeouts yeah. at that point. And he ended up striking out two in the sixth and then gave up some runs. So this was whatever. It doesn't change my opinion at all. Right, but that's what I, I think that's what I'm, I'm saying is that regardless of the outcome, because it's so weird and because – what you need to succeed there doesn't really translate anywhere else. It's almost like if you did well or you did poorly, let's just not even think about it in Coors Field. Freddie well, Peralta's... Uh, wait, for, why, go why, would it, why would a good start at a hitter's park not be better because it's not, than a it's good not start a hitter's at a pitcher's park? park. It's not a hitter's park. Coors Field is not a hitter's park? It's not a hitter's park in the traditional sense of a hitter's park. It's a completely different environment from anywhere else that you're hit, hitting or pitching. The ball doesn't move the same way. It carries further. And so I just, I don't think any lessons we, I don't think there are any lessons we can learn from course field, good or bad, with, with visiting pitchers. Uh, Freddie Peralta, his major league debut was five and two thirds, one hit, no runs, two walks, 13 strikeouts at Colorado last year. His next start was four runs, in four innings at Minnesota. Yeah, to be fair, he actually, three of his first four starts were great, but yeah, I mean, it's just one start, even if it is at Colorado. And I was disappointed the strikeouts weren't there for Eflin. Before the game, I feel like his strikeout rate was pretty good. Last year, I think it was 8.6 per nine, but in his first two seasons, which wasn't a ton of innings, it was like less than five strikeouts per nine. So, um, yeah, something to keep in mind with Eflin. Uh, we're going to talk about, I, I asked you guys before the show, hey, what were your spring training concerns and how have they played out so far in 2019, have they come to fruition? Have uh, they been, you know, alleviated? You're not concerned about it anymore. I'm going to ask you what your responses are, spring training concerns, and, and what you've noticed so far in the first four weeks of the season. We're going to take a quick break on fantasy baseball today and come right back. 
The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together. And nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. So I wanted to talk about Patrick Corbin. I was a little concerned about his velocity. Uh, I will get to that, but I will throw it to you guys first. Heath, uh, a spring training concern and how it has played out in uh, in the regular season thus far. Yeah, I've got three of them. Um, I was concerned about whether Garrett Hampson was actually going to get to play every day and whether he'd be any good at with his bat if he did. And I've been completely and totally right. Um, I was, but I was also really concerned about Herman Marquez and the small sample size of his breakout last year. And I look like a complete idiot. Oh, well, I mean, look, I like Marquez, but just to be fair to you, even though I, you know, you complete idiot. Uh, he's only had one home start, right? And it was terrible. That's true. So we shall see how that one goes. He's been great on the road. Okay, so that's two. Any other Rockies-related spring training concern? <laughs> I don't think I have any other Rockies-related. I guess the one other spring training concern that I had that kind of stood out was I was concerned that the Blue Jays were really going to mess with Vladimir Guerrero and not just mess with him like Major League Baseball teams normally do. And that one's looking more and more legit. I think he's going to be up in, like, the next week. Yeah. Let's pick a day. Everybody pick a day. Everybody pick a day. It's April 19th. I'm going to go with the 28th, my wife's birthday, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Day. It's going to be the start of a series. Oh, that's a Sunday. I'm gonna so say, now. I'm gonna say the twenty third. Okay. Scott, Scott, what do you got? Uh, I would have said today, except it, you know, if you'd asked me two <laughs> days ago. So I'm instead. Uh, they got five games next week. They're all at home. I assume Ooh. the first one's on Tuesday. So I'm gonna say Tuesday. Mm, that's a smart guess. Okay, Heath. Tuesday is the twenty third. So he's yes. picking the same date oh, as you. Wow. <laughs> and I will pick the 29th, so that way I have the entire rest of the season to be right. <laughs> if it's April 29th or later, I win. You price that's is right at us. Yeah, I'll be the closest. No. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how it. how it works. There you go. Uh, <laughs> it's always it's always the competition. <laughs> reminds, reminds me of a great Price is Right family guy moment, which I can't say on the air. One of my favorite moments in the show. Um, when you see the struggles of Eloy Jimenez, does that make you back off? Your expectations of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, what do you mean? I he's had he's had three home runs. He's having a really bad season. I I don't think that's accurate. He's he's had a, a little bit of a slow start, but I don't think he's had a really bad season. I think you're underplaying yeah, it I mean, a little bit. It, I, thus, he's been striking out more than I would have expected. He has a six ninety nine OPS record. I think oh, he no, did he's better yesterday. Now. He, he, okay, baseball reference isn't updated. He had a 699 OPS going into yesterday, and he homered. Four walks, 21 strikeouts yeah. going into yesterday. Yeesh. He's been bad. I don't know why we're, like, splitting hairs on this. It's He has a 740 OPS. He's hitting 261. This was a guy that we were talking about as a must-start outfield. Does it he's change? not been as good as I was hoping he would be. Yeah, he his has first 75 been... plate appearances of his career, he's been a slightly... Average to above average hitter. Oh, get out of town. Not for fantasy purposes. He's been a, he's been a fantasy bust as of now. Let's, it does it change your, he, I'm, look, I'm not saying I'm down on him. I'm just saying he has been. Does he, Jimenez's struggles change your thoughts on Vlad? No. I'm not sure what one would have to do with the other, to be honest. And they don't change my thoughts on Jimenez. Okay, fair it enough. It should, it just, we should expect guys to struggle when they get called up. It shouldn't be a shock if that happens. Scott White, um, spring training concerns and how have they played out? Uh, so I had concerns about a couple of closers and how hard they were throwing. Um, one of them was Greg Holland. 
And um, it's it was kind of unfortunate because he they, they had him pitch regular spring games early on and he got throttled and the velocity wasn't there. And then they had him pitch on the backfields for a few weeks. So we never got a chance. I even there even came a point in spring training where I asked three different beat writers, uh, you know, what's going on with him? Is his velocity look better? And they, they all well, the ones who answered told me we haven't had a chance to see him because they they haven't been pitching him. So. Uh, obviously that has proven to be not a big deal because he's been dominant in the get, at the get-go. And, um, Kenley Jansen, I had basically the same concerns for him. It sounded like the velocity was down even more early in spring training. The results were fine, but uh, I, as much as it seemed to impact him across the board last year, the one-mile-per-hour drop in velocity, I, I thought it would be – I thought it could just – completely collapse if he if he continued if his skills continued to erode and the velocity is down a little more here at the start of the regular season but he's looked he's looked fine the stringy strike rate is up a little bit so is the strikeout rate he's not he's not pete kenley jansen but he's still you know he's still perfectly one of the more reliable closers you're going to find go ahead chris what concerned you in spring training and what have you seen so far uh, Travis Shaw definitely concerned me, and that has continued to be a concern. Um, so whether that continues or not, it, it's hard to say, but the strikeout-to-walk ratio has been uh, a problem yet again, and it was a serious problem in the spring. So I do not think we can say one way or the other uh, that it's not a concern, but I'm more concerned about Travis Shaw than I was Certainly going into spring training. Um, beyond that, I guess Tyler Glass now would have been uh, mm, yeah. the one that, based on spring training, because he had a history of all these control problems, was tinkering with his delivery in the spring after it seemed like the Rays had figured something out. I think his last 10 starts of last year, he had like a 3-4 walks per nine. So the fact that he had, I think it was 11, 11 walks in 14 innings or something was certainly concerning. And then he's come out and probably had the best stretch of control in <laughs> his career. Right. Including the minors and probably high school. So <laughs> it's one of those things where we can't, we shouldn't ignore spring training entirely, but you shouldn't fundamentally alter your perception of a player either, unless there's a really good reason to. Okay. Yeah, I hate the glass now thing because I, I didn't end up with any shares of him, even though I was very excited going into spring training. And I, the same is true for Colin McHugh, for that matter. Yeah, um, it's it's always tricky to know. I mean, that that seemed like good information. He's altering his delivery and look, he's throwing a bunch of balls again. It, it's it's not like I took him off my breakouts list because of him, but it, it made me probably wait just an extra round to draft him and it ended up being a round too long. And I think at this point, I just have to buy into Patrick Corbin and just accept the fact that he's a guy who pitches off his slider, and it's a great pitch, and he's a really good pitcher. Uh, to it's actually yeah. it's interesting. He's throwing his slider less and his curveball less than he did last year. He's back up so far this year around 55% fastball usage. Last year, it was closer to 47 48%. Okay. Well, you know, however he's doing it, thanks uh, you know, for fill me in but Corbin is 236 ERA but five walks 33 strikeouts now three straight starts with nine or more strikeouts this is all in 26 and two-thirds and there was an eight start stretch last year where Corbin went two and three with a 479 ERA it still had a ton of strikeouts but it just sort of seemed like he was getting hit kind of hard he just didn't have a great fastball he could get the whiffs but he would give up maybe some homers and that just sort of stuck with me but I think at this point you know, obviously it's still early in the season and things can change, but I don't see a reason why I shouldn't be buying into Patrick Corbin, and I completely regret uh, not intentionally not drafting him. And at this point, I would certainly take him over Strasburg. I think you guys probably had him ranked over Strasburg, but in my mind, I like Strasburg better, but I think it's, it's obvious Corbin should be ahead of him. Uh, more from yesterday. We'll get to the most added list in a bit. Uh, we'll tell you who you can drop, and I want to read a lot of your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. But just to go through yesterday, and we'll do this, I think, fairly quickly, guys. Ryan McMahon, Double Dong, also Eddie Rosario, and Ryan Healy. Um, I don't know if you have anything to say about Rosario and Healy. Scott, I'll throw it to you. Rosario, obviously, is universally owned. Ryan Healy, 72% mm -hmm. owned. He had actually been 0 for 17 
before hitting two home runs yeah. uh, in his previous six games, over 17. Yeah, early on he was kind of doing some interesting things with his approach uh, that made me think, okay, maybe he's tapping into some of what he showed when he first got called up. He got called up, he was more of a contact overpower guy, average overpower guy. And I feel like he kind of sold out for power last year, but things have largely normalized on that front. And I'm not, uh, despite him hitting two home runs yesterday, I'm not that excited about him. Yeah, he's a jag. <laughs> yeah, the, the Mariners have faced some tough pitching this week, but before yesterday, they scored 11 runs yesterday. Before yesterday, they were, uh, they had certainly cooled off at the dish. Um, all right, we're going to take one more quick break on fantasy baseball today. When we come back, I want to talk about two. Uh, typical standouts that have been really bad this year. The most added list, the dropometer, your emails, and then two start pitchers and one start streamers. I'll try to get a list for you of one start streamers for the end of the show. Coming right back on Fantasy Baseball today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. So I was going to do this segment yesterday. I'll do it now. Hey, you know who's been really bad? Mookie Betts. Yikes, he's been really bad. He's batting 200 with three homers and one steal. Ten walks, 15 strikeouts, a career-high K rate so far. Um, hard contact rate down from 44.5% to 33.9%. But he's had a hard contact rate in that range. It's still been, uh, you know, actually I think the number one hitter at one year. But Mookie Betts, you guys can just tell me right now that you're not worried about him, but he has been bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is when you close your eyes and chant, it's early, it's early, it's early, which you should be doing for most players, by the way. Okay, it's early. Mookie Betts. You know what, you yeah. know, you know what I think is really awesome? is Mookie Betts has been really bad, and the Red Sox offense has been a major disappointment, and he's on pace to score 110 runs. <laughs> I, I will point that's, out— That's interesting. This hasn't been bad luck. He's mostly earned this slow start with the way he's hitting. Let, well, let's just move. Let's That's, just not waste yeah. time because he's going to be fine, right? Still yes. still the number two pick in drafts for everybody except Heath, number one. Mm-hmm. And and it's been a little bad luck. He's got a 208 bat Right, but when you look at like his expected average, it's 235 instead of 200. Don't care. Let's go. Jose oh. Abreu. <laughs> Jose Abreu has been really bad. Batting 188. This is actually going into yesterday. Okay, there we go. Updated stats. Thank you, John, uh, our graphics guy. Batting 174. I think he went 0 for 5 yesterday, Jose Abreu. Eight walks, 22 strikeouts, three homers. And he got off to such a good start. And I was like, yeah, I I drafted a lot of Jose Abreu. I am so smart. And now I'm not. <laughs> now I'm not at all. He's uh, He's been really, he's been pretty bad, Jose Abreu. You're going to do the same thing with Abreu that you did with Betts, right? I don't know. To talk about. No. Let's move on. I he, like I said, he's been like I said in spring training. Jose Abreu's been a little disappointing, underachieved. I'd say two of the last three years, and I, you know, one of those years I think it was kind of a counting stats thing. But this is a guy who uh, batted two sixty five with twenty two home runs in, in one hundred twenty eight games last year. So no, I don't think we can just move past Jose Abreu. What do you think? I, I think the, an, another difference is Abreu is at least old enough at thirty two years old where he could be exiting his prime. There could be a small decline in skills. Um, his strikeout rate, like Mookie Betts' strikeout rate, you said was the highest of his career. It was eighteen percent. That's still really good. Abreu so far is up to twenty seven point eight percent. So I I would be more concerned with Abreu being what we thought he was going to be than Betts. 
but not enough to where I've intentionally moved Abreu down in my rankings yet. I think the only change may be that I moved Joey Gallo ahead of Abreu in Roto League. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you guys have any hesitation to give up Pete Alonso for Jose Abreu? Sure. I would have yeah, hesitation. I would, yeah, I would hesitate. Yeah. But I would still do it. I, 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 I hate making trades like that just because <laughs> I feel like the probability of me being wrong is too high. But <laughs> it's a, it's I, do, I do rank Abreu higher than Alonso. So in theory, I would make that trade. Sometimes when it's close, though, I just say no because... I, I'd rather not because be because you you play scared, Scott. Y'all play, Y'all scared. play scared. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, we're gonna take a look at the most added list, or should we do emails first? Um, well, I'm pulling up the most added list because my browser shut down. So why don't we do the dropo meter real quick? Yeah, zero to ten. Drop people to add people. Yeah, exactly. Like, the point of the dropo meter is like, hey, there's a two star pitcher I want. Or somebody heats up over the weekend and we don't have a show on Saturday and Sunday to tell you what to do. So what do we do? Zero to ten. First guy is only 40% owned. Everybody else is owned in more than 80% of leagues. Zero to ten on Garrett Hampson. And I will remind you, Garrett Hampson has played only six home games, 12 road games. I will also remind you that we don't know how he's going to stay in the lineup regularly going forward. But um, zero to ten on Hampson on the drop meter It's about a nine for me. I, I wrote about 16, 16 things that uh, I feel like I'm already wrong about because, you know, I'm not changing my opinion on too much this time of year. But Garrett, ha- Garrett Hampson's absolutely one of them. He's striking out way more than he did in the minors. He's not walking at all. He's not running at all. And I think his window to secure regular duty kind of closed with Ryan McMahon's return. He'll still play some until Daniel Murphy gets back, but not not as regularly. Okay, so we can drop Hampson. How about Miguel Cabrera, 82% owned. Miguel Cabrera has no home runs, three doubles in 18 games. He's hitting the ball really hard, but really, really hard into the ground. Uh, zero to 10 on Miggy. I'm not dropping him. Yeah, maybe uh, like a five for me. Yeah. Maybe a uh, six. Eight. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, his hard, wide range. His hard contact rate is in like in the fifties, fifties five ish or so. And just to give perspective, that would have led baseball. It'll go down, but that would have been the best among qualified hitters last year. So if, there if is we're that. all if, awesome last year, if we're in one of those leagues where, and you know, it's more likely on another site than ours, but where Ryan McMahon's available, we're we would all drop Cabrera for McMahon if it came to that, right? I would hope I have a player with less potential than Miguel Cabrera, given the fact that he's still hitting the ball hard, given the fact that there's there's still a lot of potential in his bat. I'm not giving up on him just yet. But I his, would do uh, it. But I his would. like ground ball rate is getting close to Ian Desmond range. Yeah, it's. I I mean I feel like sure. I feel like Miguel Cabrera could give you batting average, but out of a first baseman, you you want some power, and he didn't have it last year. He doesn't have it this year. Um. Travis Shaw, 96% own. Two for me. I am not giving up on Travis Shaw yet. I got like 3.5. I, I only have him in one league, and it's a 10-team league, and it's a 10-team league where strikeouts count a full minus one. I've been very tempted to drop him there, but still haven't yet. He's the only, the first player, and I think the only player amongst all the guys in the drop meter that was drafted in the top 100. And so I'm just going to be more patient with the guy that was taken that early. Okay, Kyle Schwarber. He is batting only 182 against righties, and he's just he's just ice cold. Kyle Schwarber's 81% owned. Drop a meter. And this is one where he changed his uh, his batting stance for I believe the second time in as many years. I want to change it back. And <laughs> drop a meter. I don't know. Drop a meter. Ten. Five. Seven, though, becomes very hard to do in a five-outfielder league. Uh, Tim Beckham, 84% owned, got off to a great start. Uh, he had an okay game yesterday. The previous 16 games, Beckham was batting 246 with six walks, 19 strikeouts, 721 OPS. Tim Beckham on the dropometer. Ten. Ten. I'd have no hesitations about dropping him, so I guess that means ten. Brian... Maybe not in like a 15-team league, though. Brian Dozier, 78% owned now, 
Um, he has started only two of the last five games now that Harry, Howie Kendrick is back. And boy, has he been bad. He did steal a base yesterday, his first of the season. Brian Dozier on the dropometer. Nine? Five. Yeah, nine seems too high, but I'd go, I'd go seven. It's, it's very discouraging that the Nationals are not sticking with him because I, I'd feel much better about him eventually coming around if they were. Yeah. Okay, that's the dropometer. Now you know who to drop. Now you're going to find out who to add. The most added players in CBS Sports Leagues. Really? Josh Fegley is number one. I feel like he has had a total dud of a week after I picked him up. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, he's only played... What was the first day of the week? He's only played two games this week. Oh, he's only played one game this week. Josh Fegley. Okay, so I'll give him a free pass. Um... There's, you're, you're looking at the list there. It's Fegley, Toussaint, Hunter Dozier, Brandon Lau, Alex Gordon, Nick Margevichis. He really burned me. Uh, thought I could get him for a one-start streamer. Zach Davies, Mike Miner. What stands out to you guys on the most added list? Brandon Lau's too low owned. 69%. He needs to be higher than that. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I think Hunter Dozier's too low, 36%. Sure. I mean, I'd rather have Lau, obviously, but that's a 30% difference between the two. Okay. Yeah, most of these guys I'm pretty – like, I, I guess I'll go with a different angle and say I'm not really interested in adding Josh Fegley. I understand he's a catcher, but we don't – like, certainly not 66% of our leagues are two-catcher leagues. And I don't think he's going to be relevant in a one-catcher league. So I'm not particularly interested in him. I am – Really questioning, uh, Marg- Margav, Margavicious. Margavicious. Mar- yeah, and he, Mar- and, and he's yeah, 52% owned. Zach, this is um, six, six different ways you've said it this year. Me? Zach Davies I, is also someone I'm not buying into. Okay, Zach Davies on those. Yeah, I want to, po- yeah, no, hold on a second. I want to point out Scott, with- one sec. Just, uh, Margavicious. Okay. Um, 52% owned. He feels like a guy that you can drop if there's a two star pitcher out there that you really want. And, um, Fegley, I just want to. I picked him up as a Gary Sanchez replacement, so I will be dropping him. Go ahead, Scott White. There's not 12 catchers to go around. Is I think that why Fegley shows up here. So whoever the hot hand is, like, there's probably like three owners, two or three owners in your league who are just going to be chasing the hot hand at catcher constantly. Um, and maybe one of them will stick at some point, but I, I don't think it'll be Fegley either. Mike Miner, I think is probably deserving of being as owned as he is now. He has been, I think he's one of just one of just a handful of pitcher with three, seven inning starts already. And um, the, the kind of swinging strikes he's getting is closer to how he, what he was getting in relief two years ago than what he got as a starter last year. So it's, it's a very interesting start to the season for Mike Miner. Okay, and Margevich is, by the way, in case you're curious, just a one-star pitcher next week against Seattle. Try to look up Miner. Miner, 71% owned. Let's see what he has coming up on the schedule. Uh, he is at Oakland on Sunday, I believe. And then at Seattle will be his, his following start. Yeah, I think I'd start him in both. Okay, Mike Miner. All right, I'm good with the most added list. We've talked about a lot of these guys. I am starting to buy in a little bit more to Jason Hayward, even if it's just a hot hand play. He's doing his plate discipline's good. He's running a little bit because I think he's the kind of guy you you pick up. You can drop him. Like it's he's going to be. Yeah, it's not a huge deal. You have to invest in him all year, but uh, take advantage. Take advantage. Yeah, I just I I always I always struggle with the hot hand because you're. If you believe that he's just a hot hand play and at some point you're probably going to drop him, you're going to burn yourself for at least a little while before you end up dropping him. It's possible. Okay. Uh, it hasn't happened yet. Like I, the, the thing about Hayward for me is like it's just if he is back, it's just way too convenient of a player because <laughs> like, he's probably – he's a points league specialist and he's a roto league specialist. 2020 potential with a – microscopic strikeout rate. All right, guys. So yeah, I just, he hasn't let, hit 20 home runs since 2012. Let's move on. Jordan. Right. Uh, sorry. Gosh, you were really throwing me off right now. Okay. I'm blaming you for my struggles. Um, let's move on to emails. Let's read some emails. Fantasy baseball at CBSI.com. Great moment in podcast history right there. This is from Jonathan. 
Are you worried about Joey Votto yet? I know you've loved him, but his first career pop-up two days ago, striking out a ton, less walks, he kind of has been awful. Now, Jonathan did write this email before Votto homered yesterday, but he still has been awful. He is not even a top 30 first baseman in either format, and it is strange to see him with seven walks to 18 strikeouts. I'm going to just, I am worried about Joey Votto. I'm going to guess that nobody else is, but maybe I'm wrong this time. Are you worried about Joey Votto? I don't understand the question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my base instinct is to worry. Yeah, I'm 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 liable to worry about everybody, but you have to fight that instinct, I feel like, for the upside and for the likelihood he does bounce back. I mean, just just look at what he did in April of 2016 and that that will hopefully calm your nerves a little bit. I feel less confident that Joey Votto is going to be good than I did at the beginning of the season. I feel more confident that Joey Votto is going to be good than Jason Hayward. Of course. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, I just... Well said, Heath. Yeah, maybe he's just lost it, but... It's Joey Votto. I mean, if he bounces back to what he was in 2018, then you could still be worried about him. We need him to bounce back to two years ago. Sure. But well, two years I ago was kind think... of was a career season, so right. You didn't draft him to be what he was in 2017. Okay, before 2017. Right. It, it How does... long has it been since Joey Votto has been Joey Votto? I I, I, re- I do obviously have com- some concerns, but this time last year, this conversation was being had about Matt Carpenter. Carpenter had mm-hmm. like a bad season and a bad start, and then he went on a three month heater, basically. So. You know, things can and turn we can have that conversation about Matt Carpenter right now, I think. <laughs> Probably. Uh, from Darren, I've got both Ryan McMahon and Yandy Diaz. Who do you like better? Probably McMahon. Yep. I would go McMahon. Okay, next email is from Aaron. It's another Ryan McMahon question. Who do you like better, Hunter Dozier or Ryan McMahon? Oh, definitely. Well, that's easy. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. This is from Eli. Like Diaz better than Dozier, if you want to know that, too. Okay, there we go. So it's McMahon, Diaz, Dozier. Yandy, Diaz, Dozier. Uh, Elad from British Columbia. Uh, I have a quick follow-up question regarding your Paul DeYoung debate from yesterday's podcast. With his increasing maturity at the plate, would you say that youth is wasted on DeYoung? Outstanding. Very Very good email. Thank you, Elad from Chilliwack, British Columbia. And I'm just glad we get to show Paul DeYoung's stats because they should be shown more often on this podcast. He has been outstanding. We should enjoy this while it lasts. Probably the start of every show, I'd say. From Matty Norway, who claims he's our biggest fan. With all the MLB teams clearly giving up, why don't they adjust the structure of the MLB draft? Stop rewarding poor play. The teams that just missed the playoffs should get the first picks, and so on. Incentivize winning. We did this in our fantasy league, and it promotes activity. Why hasn't Major League Baseball adopted a similar structure? You know, uh, I, I've had the same thought. It's something I do in my dynasty league, and I think it would take care of. I think it would take care of a, a lot of the problems. I honestly, I mean, the worst part about your well, to to be clear about. <laughs> The baseball draft and the tanking debate, it's not, they're not tanking for draft picks necessarily because draft picks take a long time to have value. Now, it's not, not a part of the discussion, but yeah, teams are more I mean, profitable when they're losing. That, that's been Cubs, proven. Uh, the Cubs wouldn't have gotten where they got with that, well, without Chris Bryant. The Astros certainly wouldn't have gotten where they got without. Springer, well, I guess Springer wasn't part of the, he was a mid-first rounder, but Bregman. Um, Correa, you know, right? It, th- those early picks definitely jumpstart a rebuild. Thank okay, you. next next email here uh, is from Zach. Hey, Ray, Ed, and Joe. No idea. Should I drop Luke Voigt for Jesus Aguilar in a 6 by 6 head-to-head categories league with strikeouts? Should I drop Luke Voigt? Luke Voigt for uh, Jesus Aguilar. Is Hunter Dozier not available? (laughs) You'd rather have... Yeah, I guess it makes sense. No, I think I have Aguilar ranked the highest of these guys, but I don't like either of them. Okay. Yeah, I think I would. I think I'd drop Voigt for Aguilar, somebody who likes Voigt. Okay. By the way, Ray, Ed, and Joe are Ravens. Lewis, Reed, Flacco. No, they're not. They're not? Joe Flacco is a Bronco. Well, 
Former Raider. Uh, yeah, Ed Reed and Ray Lewis no longer play in the NFL. <laughs> okay, this is Why from... would you include... What? Go ahead. Flacco? Yeah. Oh, maybe they're... Yeah, they're Ravens. This is from Josh. We Okay, he only has one IL spot, and he has Scooter Jeanette there. Someone drop Mike Clevenger. Should I add Mike Clevenger? And if yes, who of the following should I drop? Scooter Jeanette, Frankie Montas, Zach Wheeler, Miles Michaelis, or Yusei Kikuchi? No. I, I mean, I would drop Montas, but, um, you know, if, if, I, I don't know how much you end up using your bench in your league. Like, if push came to shove, I would absolutely drop Jeanette for Clevenger. I think Jeanette's more likely to be good this year and more likely to come back this year, so I would hold Jeanette. Yeah, and, and his projected timetable is closer than Clevenger. Like, is it? I thought it was more like June. Clevenger probably won't be pitching until mid-July at the earliest, I believe. I uh, thought it was six to eight-week timetable for Clevenger versus like eight to twelve. For I mean, obviously Jeanette got hurt, but yeah, well, got hurt earlier. Six to eight before he can begin right. throwing, right. or before he'll be. Gooder Jeanette was expected to miss eight to twelve weeks on March twenty-second. Mm-hmm. So that would be June four weeks ago. Right. So that'd be June twenty-second. Would be twelve weeks. Yeah, I, I. Either way, I think you're more likely to get more value out of Frankie Montas for three months than you are for Clevenger whenever he comes back. I'm going to disagree with oh, you guys. I'm I'm going with Scott here. Like you've got if he's considering dropping Montas, Wheeler, Michaelis, and Kikuchi, that to me feels like he has a somewhat deep pitching staff and doesn't necessarily need all of them. So obviously you can't drop Wheeler and Michaelis for now. But, but like I would drop Montas because Clevenger was off to a like Cy Young caliber, caliber start. And if you can get through these mm. next two months to get to the All-Star break and then you add Mike yeah. Clevenger, like that makes sense. I I think you're set yeah, up. Yeah, it's 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 all about impact. Like the impact's what's going to push you over the top more so than um having more able bodies. Yeah, I think you guys are just more confident that Mike Clevenger might be good this year. And less confident that Frankie Montes might be good. Possibly, but I also think like like I'm more confident in Clevenger than Severino. They have the same timeline, but Severino's already had a setback and he yeah. has a shoulder injury. Clevenger has a back issue. So okay, like obviously Clayton Kershaw's been hampered by a back issue, but I if it were an arm issue, it'd be more concerning to me. But yes, you're I, right. I, I I am more I am more confident in Clevenger, I guess, than you guys are. That is true. Um all right, one more email here. Actually, let's do. Let's try to do three, and let's try to do them real quick. This is from A B. Which two would you want from this group? Domingo Herman, Brad Peacock, Tuki Toussaint, Trevor Richards, Caleb Smith, Luke Weaver, Mike Soroka, Mike Miner. <laughs> Richards and Weaver. Herman and Smith. <laughs> Which two are you gonna pick, Chris? Uh, Peacock and Smith. That's. I think that's what I was gonna go. Actually, if it's a win, yeah, it's a wins league. I don't want Marlins pitchers in wins league. You you like Smith better than Trevor Richards? Yes, I think he's a better pitcher. I will go Peacock, and I will let somebody else decide the second one for me. Richard from Sydney, Australia. I was in trade talks. This is a, a dynasty league with a bloke who was interested in Jeff McNeil. I inquired about Jose Ramirez. He said he would give me Jose Ramirez straight up for Jeff McNeil. He offered the trade. I just about broke my keyboard hitting accept. Should I feel bad here? Should the trade be vetoed even though he initiated it, giving me Jose Ramirez for Jeff McNeil in a dynasty league? You should read the question as asked. Should the trade be vetoed even if the initiator was the one copying an absolute <laughs> hiding? <laughs> yeah, with an Australian accent. Which I accent. assume means something. <laughs> um... You should not feel bad. You should feel very, very happy. And of course it should not be vetoed. Yeah, it shouldn't be vetoed. You you can feel a little bad about it. Why? I just my team just got a lot better. I'm very happy. Yeah, but because it wasn't I committed no wrong. Someone said it's not it's not about having committed a wrong. You can still feel bad about benefiting from someone else's misfortune while while still benefiting from it. I am not about that. It costs you nothing. No. There is no guilt. I here. feel like if 
if I won the championship in this league, it would it would feel diminished yeah. by this trade. Like because I would know too good of a trade. that I got it. Oh get. dang it! I don't. Really Def- yeah, definitely not. I would not. Feel like, no, I, I see what Scott's saying. Team scam. Okay, yeah. uh, last email here is from our man Jeff from Cedar Rapids. Steven Piscotti just became available in my categories league. Should I drop any of the following for Steven Piscotti? Michael Brantley, Yasiel Puig, Enrique Hernandez, Andrew McCutcheon. It would have to maybe be maybe Hernandez, Enrique. Yeah, he's cooled off. It's close. I think I probably yeah. Would I think Piscotti's better, but yeah. But definitely but Hernandez does give you a lot of flexibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if this is one yeah. of those categories leagues where you set your lineup every day, you might use Hernandez a lot more often than you use Piscotti. I think yeah. I would hold on to Kike. Yeah, it's it's kind of a toss up for me. It just depends on whether you need versatility or an, another outfielder more. All right, fellas, let's do the two-star pitchers now, and then I'll try to give some one-star streamers. And actually, I know we're going to do this a little unconventionally. We have six minutes left in the show, guys. Uh, I'm going to let I'm going to let Chris host this segment here, the two-star pitchers. Hmm. Um, just go through the the studs that you feel like we need to talk about. I think I'll just kick it off. Chris Sale, Detroit and Tampa Bay at home. We're going to start him. I think you have to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I still it still makes me a little queasy. I might bench him in a categories league if I had a several really good relievers. Jack Flaherty versus Milwaukee and Cincinnati. Starting him. Start. Okay, so yep. you, you take it away, and while you do that, I am going to look for some one-start streamers, maybe help people win this weekend, and uh, I'll be back. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I got this. I am ready. Joe Musgrove versus Arizona at Los Angeles Dodgers. Are we starting him? Oh, yeah. He's, he's been great. Kyle Freeland versus home versus Washington at Atlanta. Assuming the blister nope. that he left yesterday start with is okay. Nope. I'd do it in a points league, absolutely, but probably not categories. Because I don't think we can just assume – we cannot assume the blister does not remain a problem for the next two starts. And that really increases the risk, and there's a lot of risk with Kyle Freeland anyway. Yeah. So, no. I mean, monitor monitor the news, obviously. Zach Eflin at the Mets versus Miami? Yes. Domingo Armon at the Angels at San Francisco. Definitely a yes. Yep, no yep, question. Yep. yep. What about Kevin Gosman at Cincinnati home versus Colorado? Are we buying it? Oh, I'm all about that. I'm all yeah, about that. Definitely. The Rockies are not good at, away from cores anyway. Is there a chance Go- is there a chance Gosman doesn't make two starts with Fulton Nevich possibly coming back? I mean, is there rotation shuffling going on? Is Fulton Nevich ever coming back? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> next year. As chance. soon as he looks like he did last year, they're gonna bring him back. Is Fulton Evans ever coming back? Okay. Did we do that bit yeah. the other day? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Felt familiar. Um, Mike Miner at Oakland at Seattle. I think we're all yes on that one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sonny Gray versus Atlanta at St. Louis is an interesting one. Oh yeah, he's pitched. He's he's looked he's looked he's like looked retro off. Sonny Gray. He has looked Great. really good. I I need to move him up in my rankings. Though both of those starts scare me a little bit, but I would probably start him. All right, how about some guys who are widely available? We all said Luke Weaver. What about Wade Miley versus Minnesota versus Cleveland? I feel fine with that. I mean, he's not going to give you many strikeouts, but he's, he's you know, the second year in a row where he's done a good job of run prevention in spite of it, and I feel like one of those matchups is obviously terrific. Pablo Lopez at Cleveland at Philadelphia? Yep. How was how he so just not in a category. owned? He not in a category. Like a ERA. He hasn't been very like good. A, he's got like a 1.5 FIP. He's been awesome. Oh, he please. <laughs> he might be the best Marlins pitcher. <laughs> Ever. They're called Stallion Teeth. Come on. Spencer Tom- Turnbull at Boston at Chicago White Sox? Uh, you could do worse. You could do worse. I, I, if, I was, if I was really scraping for a sleeper, I'd... I could see myself making a play for him. I, I think these two are actually interesting. Homer Bailey at Tampa Bay versus the Angels. Two. Tampa Bay is not a great matchup, but it's a nice place to pitch, and he's looked good. I'd start him over Spencer Turnbull. I don't know that I would. I'd start him over Lance Lynn, too. Eric Swanson at San Diego versus Texas. So that's one game in a good pitcher's park against San Diego, one game in a good pitcher's park versus Texas. 
It would have to be a deep points league, I think. It, it could turn out great, but we've just seen too little for me to have confidence in him. All right, sum it up, um, Chris. Who do you guys like? Because we gotta we gotta go. I did have one two-star pitcher note. Brad Keller's listed as a two-star pitcher. He's probably not going to be a two-star pitcher. So we like Pablo Lopez, Luke Weaver, Wade Miley's a little split, Spencer Turnbull's a little split. Uh, I think we like Lance Lynn. So, yeah, there's there's some good options out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's take a look at one start, guys. I think my favorite one is the first one I came across, Jordan Lyles today against San Francisco. I like the Friday guys, probably the best of the group. Jordan Lyles against San Francisco. CC Sabathia against Kansas City. Anibal Sanchez at Miami. Last week it was Vince Velasquez at Miami that, that, uh, was, was uh, the recommendation I gave and it came through. I'm going to pick on Miami a lot in this segment. Uh, Caleb Smith against Washington. We trust Caleb Smith in that start. Versus Washington. Yes, I think I do. They, yeah, their best hitters are all lefties, right? <laughs> Rendon's no. their best hitter. Well, <laughs> besides that, yeah. Tuki Tucson at Cleveland. Yeah. I like I like Tuki at Cleveland. Mm-hmm. That could be a fun gamble. Um, Derek Holland at Pittsburgh on Saturday. Matt Shoemaker against Toronto. I know we're not going to go with Julio Toronto. Eric Lauer. Maybe Trevor Cahill against Seattle. Who's Matt Shoemaker against? Toronto. Uh, not Toronto. Uh, who the hell? Is, who are they facing? Uh, at Oakland. At Whoever Toronto's. At Oakland. I'd like him better against Toronto. Uh, Toronto's actually <laughs> hitting the ball pretty well right now, but. Yeah, Shoemaker at Oakland. I'm not sure. Shoemaker might be too old for this segment. Kyle Gibson at Baltimore on Sunday. Yeah, I don't, I don't trust him, but you know, if you're desperate, Trevor Richards against I get put him against Miami, but he will be against Washington. Um, Derek Rodriguez at Pittsburgh. Aaron Sanchez at Oakland. All these names. Like Jordan Lyles is my favorite against San Francisco. How you guys feel about that? I like it. Okay, I I think Jordan Lyles. He's lost a little velocity from last year, but his secondary pitches have looked pretty good, and uh, I think he's throwing his curveball a lot more. So, I, I think Anibal Sanchez maybe at Miami. I think that could be a really good one. Sure. Okay, that's probably Trevor Trevor Richard. Okay, thank you. I hope that's helpful. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, enjoy your weekend. Happy holidays. We'll talk to you on Monday. Fantasy baseball today. <laughs>